Batman must go on the hunt as he learns the Joker has escaped from Arkham Asylum. So long after his escape, but the clown Prince of Crime attacks the Gorn family to prove a point about his own fall into madness. Hello, everyone. I'm Caleb J. I'm Connor Izagiri. Welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. Today, we'll be talking about one of the few missteps in the usually solid animated run of DC films, Batman and the Killing Joke. An R-rated attempt to bring this iconic story to life, but would ultimately end up being hated by fans and critics alike upon release, due to what many considered to be an unnecessary prologue, among many other major issues in the film. I know I'll shoot over to Connor for the, uh, the good old scores. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, animated uh, Batman, you know, DC films we could do over here. What do you or would even want to do over here? The fact that we can is actually kind of sad because this should have been a huge hit. Uh, 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, 50% audience score. Uh, Curtis Consensus reads, This stilted retelling of the Joker's origin adds little to its iconic source material, further diminished by some questionable story additions that will have fans demanding justice for Barbara Gordon. Yep, I agree with all of that. <laughs> That's very on point with why people hated this. Yeah, well, especially if you take into account when I was doing like some of my research, um, I didn't put it in my development so we can kind of talk about it whenever. But I mean, as acclaimed as the as the graphic novel that this is based off is, it has obviously come under attack a couple of times for its portrayal of Barbara Gordon, and um, you know, using her as more of a proxy for like the characters, and you know, and implied at rape because I guess she's like naked in the picture. So that's been like it's it's come under fire. The depiction of her has come under fire, um. And then to do what they've done into in in this movie, yeah, I don't go into too much details. We do have awards, and I think you can get a good idea of where some of these awards are going to be landing on. Um, but to to have that kind of baggage going in, because you can't tell me you didn't know that going in when you're making this. Um, and then to turn around and go even harder into making sure that we're not going to solve any of the issues that are getting brought up about the graphic novel, we're just going to make them worse, like. You, you had a chance that if you were going to add to this story because you didn't think there was enough to do if you truly film, which I get, then maybe take this complaint that people have had with the with the one main complaint that has gone up a time and time again and do it better, fix it. But that isn't what happens in this adaptation. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I'm looking at my shelf right now. I have the killing joke. I have the graphic novel. And it looks to be about as long as like Flashpoint and other ones here that were adapted to animated films that were about the same length and didn't have to add in a whole bunch of unnecessary prologue. So I'm wondering like how much of that was we don't have enough and how much of that was it's my vision for whoever made that decision. I don't know. But yeah, this, you know, The Killing Joke by Alan Moore considered one of the definitive Batman graphic novels. It's, you know, to a lot of people, it's the Batman Joker story. 
It gives Joker an origin story, which is makes him a little bit sympathetic, you know, shows him as a struggling comedian who had one bad day, as Joker says. And it's good. But I don't know if it's really that easy to adapt. I mean, well, yeah. it, we were kind of talking about before we recorded. It's a much more psycho. It's like you said, it was, you were talking about it's a much more psychological take. It's not explosions and action and stuff. It's a very psychological take It is digging into something that's been talked about forever with Batman and Joker. And that is Batman is Joker. If you went just, you know, one step too far, if he had his one bad day um, per se. Um, so that, and that comic fully explores that concept of like that and the relationship and how in a way Batman can't kill the Joker. He can't just send him to jail. He, and it's a, he needs him. And Joker knows it. Yeah, their whole dance has always been, you know, Joker knows that if Batman kills him, Joker wins. And Batman knows that. And it's it's a constant struggle to, you know, bring Batman down to his level. We saw that in The Dark Knight. It's what he wants. And it's been done better than this. I mean, this isn't, you know, the the half that tells this story is not terrible. It's just held down by about half an hour of some of the worst story decisions I've ever seen in one of these. Uh, So, you know, no one's going to, you know, everyone who was looking forward to this was immediately alienated. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's why we, that's why we're here. Yeah. And even regardless of how the actual adaptation portion of this movie goes, you're going to have an uphill battle with getting people on board with that half because you spent so much time like you said, alienating people during the first 15 to 20 minutes, that is like, even if you got people to get past that, you have to watch the first 15, 20 minutes of this goddamn movie. And yeah. it's like, why Why would you do that? Like, even you, I people, because even I know a lot of readers are saying, like, when it does adapt, this film picks up and it's good, but it's like, you have to sit through the beginning of this film, and that's not a good sign that, that says, like, you know, your beginning of any film tells you know it gets you into the right space for the film it gets you pumped you know what i mean that's like like john you know i always go back to john wick because the new one's coming out it's fresh on my mind and i can't wait but think about if like the beginning of the first film was shitty would we have been down to watch the rest of that film and been on board with it god no we've been like okay great rest of this film but god this opening sucked instead it was like an opening that sucked you in immediately and so when everything else followed you were on board you're like no i'm fucking on board let's go yeah, well, to keep, you know, to keep things in the in the Batman world here, uh, you know, I go back to the Dark Knight. The opening of the Dark Knight is one of the greatest opening scenes, opening sequences in film history. You know, this heist, people in clown masks talking about the Joker. Say so they start killing each other off. You got William Fickner with the shotgun being this like, you know, do you know who you're stealing from? It's so great. And then we get the the reveal of the Joker. And already that's all we needed from that moment. We're like, oh, I'm on board. I want to see this Joker. Like from that's all we needed. So yeah, this is your, you know, this is your first impression. You need a good first impression. Every film needs a good first impression. Otherwise, why are we why are we staying? Why are we gonna keep watching this? Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. Cause I remember when I first sat through the Dark Knight, you know, it was after I'd seen Batman Begins on TV. So I was like, okay, pretty good. I enjoy this movie. Um and then when Dark Knight was making the drawing, people was like, Oh dude, it's so good. Uh 
and we we rented it as a family. I was like, I almost bought it. I was like, let's watch it, let's watch it. And um, yeah, I remember watching that obscene. And like I said, like when the big reveal that the way that uh the characters are talking about the Joker when they're like, you wouldn't even see this guy. He yeah, he wears a cl- he clears clown makeup, but like they're talking about him like they don't even know who the fuck he is. And it's it's building that mystique of what who we know the Joker to be, right? And you're just like, man, they're really all good. That when you do get to that point when he leans in and says his line and pulls the mask off, and you know finishes his line, you're like, like say so at that point you're like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm in. Like to the point that I remember as soon as I seen it, I was like, no, no, give me more Joker. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care. Fuck off, Batman. I want more. I want more Heath Ledger. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great storytelling. And I think at the heart of DC's entire, you know, storytelling empire, that's that's been what they've been the best at is, you know, weaving these stories together, weaving these characters together, making them believable, making them exciting and enticing. And when a film adaptation screws that up, I mean, you just, you know, you've seen it happen so many times with DC. And it's just, you know, I could always go back to the animated films for reliability. So when it happens here, it like hurts even more. Yeah, no, it, and that's why I said in my opening, you know, with the one of the few missteps and you're usually solid. Anytime someone like, look, I know I like, I love the joke, and I got guys I work, I got you know, a buddy of mine I work with that's like a Snyder fanboy, and I love messing with them, and you know, it's all in good fun, you know. At the end of the day, look, you like what you like, cool. Um, but I mean, look, it, I mean, even those people here are like, look, I really don't like what DC's doing live action side. I'm like, you gotta check out their fucking animated side, then like their animated side. Animated film side fucking crushes it. It's so goddamn good. I haven't even watched as much as like some people who have seen all of it. Or I know like you've seen a very good chunk. Um, I've seen some, but other than like literally other than this one, everything else I've seen has been fucking solid and I've enjoyed immensely. Yeah, even their you know mid middle like mid tier stuff is still like leagues better than what DC's done in the past like you know six years. Which is kind of amazing. Like whoever's running the the animation division, like those are the writers who should be put in charge of the films because they know what they're doing. They made you know Apocalypse War was the end game of their animated franchise, and it felt earned. It felt deserved. It felt exciting. There were stakes, and I was like, "Holy shit! How did how how is this f- flying under the radar? This should be a billion dollar box office gross right here." But because it's animated, a lot of people, you know, turn up their noses at it. I, I have people in my family, my friends who don't give a shit because it's animated. But they love, you know, superhero movies, live action, but they won't even give these a chance. Yeah, it's great. Well, and, uh, I think as we kind of got, we when we did back when we did Batman Masks of Phantasm, I think that was like really the, unfortunately, in a way, the film that for good and for bad set the president because they got, you know, the, the studio fucked around. Guys, where like it wasn't going to make any money at the box office, no matter how hard you try. Um, but then you know, it got all that claim was like, Oh, this is really good. So it's like they've always been since then that weird limo where they don't even really get these wide releases, but they get constant acclaim on their animated department. And it's getting now to the point where halftime, I feel like they just get dumped on HBO Max instead of you know, even getting a theatrical release. And it's like, Yeah, it, it sucks. And like you said, there's for whatever reason, to this day, people that are just like, I don't want to watch it because it's animated. I'm an adult. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? There's shit like South Park Family Guy, Simpsons still going there, animation for adults. Like, it, it being animation should not dictate if you watch something or not. 
Well, we, when we did Mask of the Phantasm, you know, I found out that we DC's animated movies didn't get another theatrical release till the Lego Batman movie. And since then, you know, nothing. So none of these get a theatrical release. They get, you know, a brief Blu-ray release and then dumped on HBO Max. And then, you know, they don't get an announcement or a trailer or anything. you got to really hunt these down if you want to know when they're coming out or where to get them. It's weird. And they're most of the time really solid, good movies with incredible voice talent and a great script. So I don't, I just, I, I hate this, you know, this bias here. Yeah, it, it, it's aggravating so much. It, it's a serial time, especially adults that just, they, they always view anything animated as like kid stuff. It's, it's the same mindset when you see people like to this day, they're like, man, if, if you play video games, you're a child. Like, how can you be in a, a I was responsible to don't play video games. It's like easy. I pay my bills on time. I go to work and I make money. And then I spend my time decompressing when I'm not going out or doing anything, playing video games. Just like that. Yeah. Life's a bitch. Let us enjoy our art and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't tell me what I can and cannot fucking enjoy. All right. You know what I don't enjoy? You fuck off. Yeah. I'm not sitting there judging people on their love for My Little Pony or Dungeons and Dragons. You do what you do. You like what you like. Have fun. Well, I think of you, you. Remember Pig, Nicolas Cage, like when he said, "You know, we have so little to get excited about anymore," or something, something along the lines of that. Like, yeah, that that fucking spoke to me, man. It's like art is, you know, in many ways, like art is all some people have. You know, this is our escape. This is our way to not think about shit we're having to face every day so when a movie that like you know the killing joke kind of drops the ball it it stings it does especially when it's coming from a line of films that usually don't drop the ball so you're like um and actually on that note this is a great segue to my question i kind of have a two for for my question so first mostly for you and i thought this i know you've seen quite a bit of them but with all this said, what are some of your more favorite animated films DC has done? All right. I like that. Um, my all-time favorite will always be Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. That is, for me, like the best Joker story that's ever been told. It is so great. It's the story of like Batman's last fight with the Joker and the long-term consequences that that night had for everybody involved. And we also get to see Batman Beyond, you know, Terry McGinnis, take on the Joker with Mark Hamill returning to voice him. It's such a great dark story. And I've I've had it, you know, since I was a kid. So that's that's my that's my go-to always. Um let's wow. see. I'm pretty sure I watched that one on TV when it came because I used to watch Batman Beyond as a kid, like obsessively. I fucking love that TV show. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure they played it on Cartoon Network one day. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I I think I watched it, and I have not like revisited it since. You should, because they aired the PG cut on TV. There's a, a PG-13 cut with a lot that's a lot more graphic and grown up that they released on Blu-ray, and that's the one that I've got now, and I think that's the one that's on HBO Max. Uh, there's, like, people die. There's blood. Like, there, it's, it's a lot more hardcore. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um... Uh... Looking at my shelf, I own a lot of these. <laughs> um, Justice League Doom was really cool. Uh, it's from 2011. Um, Vandal Savage gets his hands on Batman's contingency plan to take out the Justice League in case it ever came to that. 
So he uses Batman's plan and takes them all out, incapacitates the entire league. And Batman use, you know, manages to go and save them. But now none of them trust Batman because they're like, you were going to kill us if you had to. And he's like, yeah, I'm Batman. That's what I do. I prepare for the worst. Like, are you surprised? <laughs> I'm not apologizing. <laughs> and then they all take on Vandal Savage. But it was a really cool story because it was like, if Batman ever had to, he could take this whole cabal down in like a day. <laughs> I, I love the idea of like they're pissed off at Batman because basically he had a very well executed plan to kill all of them that would have absolutely succeeded. And he's like, yeah, I, you hired me. I'm Batman, guys. Come on. You know, this is this is my thing. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> I love that. My favorite moment is when Superman asks Batman, like, well, what's your contingency? Like, how do you know what's what's the plan to take you out? And Batman's like, you are. You're Superman. Like, I'm a, I'm a guy in a bat costume. If I ever go rogue, break me in half. <laughs> it was is a good one. That's a that's oh. a good one. That's like the nicest way to basically be like, checkmate, bitch. Ball's in your court. <laughs> That's what Batman does best, you know? They're all afraid of him. He, gods are afraid of him. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Um, Flashpoint Paradox is fucking fantastic. Uh, Apocalypse War, which I mentioned, was great. That was such an awesome story. Uh, yeah, I, I just finished the... Um, the Damian Wayne arc they did with uh, Son of Batman, Batman versus Robin, and Batman Bad Blood. How was that? Pretty good. Uh, Batman versus Robin is one of the best Batman sequels we've ever gotten. It's Batman fighting the Court of Owls and the court trying to lure Damian Wayne to their side because they can tell that he's a troubled young man who lacks guidance and Bruce isn't giving him what he needs. It, it was great. Okay. I've seen a uh, uh, Batman Hush, which was really good. I like this how they subverted us with that one because you know if you if you know anything about Hush, you know who he is. So the way that movie unfolded, I was not expecting that. Yeah, yeah, I know when they did the reveal on who would actually. I don't want to ruin it for those who haven't seen it. Yeah, but when they did the reveal on like who it actually was, I was like, oh shit, that's not at all like it was in the comic. Okay, have you seen um Gotham by Gaslight? No, I've been wanting to. That one and Batman Ninja have been at the top of my list because those are just like those out there ones I want to see. Yeah, the Elseworld stories. I love that they're adapting those. Uh, I haven't seen the Ninja one, but Gotham by Gaslight is really cool. I just picked that up today, actually. Oh, um, basically, it's Batman in the 1800s hunting down Jack the Ripper. And dude, dude it's great. Another huge, like, holy shit twist over the identity of Jack the Ripper that's going to be like, what? Because, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, so, yeah. And so, it's you know, it's funny. Back when, before Israel Max, back when they did DC Universe, right? <laughs> that's why I signed up for Because I was like, oh, shit, it's all the animated films under one, like, thing. And I can, like, kind of work my way through them finally one day. And then, of course, the universe starts shutting down. And I was like, oh, no. But then, luckily, everything just moved to HBO Max. So, I can still do it. Which is very convenient. I won't lie. Uh, but since DC's been purging, like you know, Warner Bros. has been purging a lot of their shit. I've been buying these up just in case they ever decide to throw these away. Oh yeah, no, I don't blame you. Um, as we're learning, apparently, fucking HBO Max considers things like just easily fucking throwawayable and to be forgotten. So, thanks, Max. Um, or thanks, Zazla, you fucking dumb fuck. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you yeah, know i i really 
I kind of get when it comes to like the stuff they adapt, it's funny because obviously I do, you know, I, I've been meaning to watch stuff like Flashpoint and stuff like the things that they've adapted, but I get even more drawn to the stuff like the Gotham, I guess, like the Batman Ninja, the um Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm like, that's just, I have to see what that's about. Um, this, yeah, the fact that they can do that though with their animated farm where they can be like, okay, let's adapt things like, you know, the Dark Knight Returns, or I know recently they did Batman the Long Halloween. That was good. I did see that. That was neat. So I heard that's really good. I know Jensen Ackles, I believe, voices Batman and that. Um, so it's like, you know, I'm I'm all about them going like adapting stuff, but when they say like also we have this freedom with the animated department, we're not restricted by you can't use that character, you can't use that character. Let's have fun with it, let's play with some of our characters and do these Elsewood storylines. Fucking yep. love it. They've got a Legion of Superheroes movie coming out in February that I'm looking forward to. They just did a uh like Robin and Super boy teaming up movie battle of the super sons i think it was called i want to check that out green lantern just got another one beware my power catwoman got one catwoman hunted like and it's not just what i like about the dc animated stuff it's not just always batman and superman everybody gets their own kind of time to shine and i I really like that everyone has a moment like did you ever see a suicide squad hell to pay yeah i did i did that one was really fucking good that's like one of the best suicide squad stories i've ever seen like why not just make that a live action but take that script and make it a live action you don't have to do any work like, yeah, just it's give us all that. there <laughs> so it, uh, yeah and, and even with the with the when they do do like they're not necessarily with superman they kind of stick with the the stories are already there yeah. but even like their batman stuff is better in that they are more varied you know what i mean like They'll have the big ad ad you know adapted ones, but then like so they'll do like a fucking Batman versus TM and you know TMNT or go back to the Adam Westwell and do fucking animated movies based slowly off the Adam West Batman. Like yeah. so even if they do when they do do obviously like the big two guys, like what Batman they tend to have a lot more fun with it at times. So they try to mix it with like, you know, the more big story arcs they want to adapt. Yeah. Like they just did um a couple years ago, Superman Red Sun which I really want to check out. It's a what if story of like, in, instead of Kansas, Superman's pod landed in Soviet Russia and he was raised as, you know, the Ubermensch. Like, holy shit, that's a cool idea. So yeah, so, yeah I, I bought the graphic novel and I'm I'm going to read that and then I'm going to watch the movie. But uh, yeah, they're just, you know, there's so much, there's a hundred years worth of stories to adapt into, into all this. And they're actually going for it. They're actually taking chances and, adapting crazier shit and trying some stuff out and getting really talented voice actors to be a part of this. That's why I love these. Like these are my favorite DC projects. Yeah. And at least they're consistent. Cause like, you know, for the most part, nine times out of 10, they're like how we, well, pre phase four with the MCU, when you went to go see an MCU film, like you knew you were going to get something of quality. Um, Come at me. MCU fans phase four inconsistent fucking come at me. Um, but uh, you know, you know, you're going to get something consistent, and then some so that. So then, when something like this happens, yeah, it sings, but you know, it's a fucking anomaly in this. Whereas on the live action side of DC, this movie is pretty much the standard, and the anomaly is actually getting something good. Yeah, sucks. But you know, at least we've got these. We've got like over twenty of these now, and there's I like so. two, or, two or three a year, just randomly peppered throughout the year 
Yeah, yeah, and they actually they don't do a lot of promotion, so it's like they just come out and you're like, oh shit, this is out now. I'm really hoping for a Batman Who Laughs movie. Ooh, that would be good. I want that so bad because I I haven't read the story, but I've read the gist, and that sounds like an insane adventure, and I I need to see it. No, I I'm sure it's on the dock to get like adapted one day here, and they're in their fucking animated realm. Um. With that, I this I guess is somewhat of a good segue for my second question, my second half of the question, since I brought up the live action thing. So obviously, because of how DC handles this, not huge financial successes, but as we talked about, these tend to get a lot more critical acclaim, a lot more fan love than the the live action counterparts. And so with that, we've kind of kind of hit on it a little bit, but we can kind of delve into this more. And that's like, why do you think they tend to have more success here? than with their live-action counterparts. Because the animated films are able to take more risks because they've got people involved who want to be there, who want to tell these stories. I feel like the live-action DC films, at least since Man of Steel, have been very much built on a beat Marvel or get the fuck out of here mentality. And they haven't invested a lot of time into story, into character development, into building a world that people want to see. So everything feels inconsistent and constantly like it's trying to be something else. And, you know, I felt that with black Adam, like their most recent project, like they haven't learned a goddamn thing. So yeah, with the animated films, you get the vibe that like everyone involved knows they are making something cool. They know that they can kind of do whatever they want. They can make an R rated Batman movie. They can make a, you know, what if Batman like, you know, killed Superman movie, they can do a death of Superman arc. They can do a teen Titans movie. They can do anything. You try, really, you try pitching a teen Titans live action movie to Zaslav right now. Oh yeah. No, because he's going to be like, Hey, we have that Titans show on max, which I actually, I will tell you is a good show. After, that first season was a fucking chore, but after that, Holy shit got great. Um, yeah, well, and even then, think about that. I just thought about it. they have like at least on the anime side, like two or three different Teen Titans films, and usually versus where it's like Teen Titans versus I think like Justice League or something like that. Yeah, and then like literally again, like you talk about their experimentation. The most recent one was Teen Titans, like mixed with the current fucking Teen Titans Go. So like the, and granted, I'm not exactly a fan of Teen Titans Go, but the fact that they were just like, hey. Someone in there went like, "What well, if we put fucking go with Teen Titans and see how that works?" And they instead of being like, "That's stupid," someone went, "That's great. Let's let's make that happen." Yeah, we got a Batman versus Two Face movie, which was the Adam West Batman because Two Face never appeared on that show, and they got William Shatner to voice a Adam West esque Two Face. Like the fact that we got that, I've never I haven't seen it yet because I'm working my way up to it. I never really cared for that Batman, but I like that it's here. <laughs> uh. Like that's that's neat that that's an option that that somebody greenlit that and made it and also a lot of these are under an hour and a half long so you can watch like six. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, those are perfect one time. They're like an hour and like literally the longest is like maybe an hour fifteen minutes. I know it's great, it's so great. It's amazing. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think it's there. There's there's it's the key thing to any film. There's heart in these. It isn't hasn't been seen in a lot of the live action stuff. I think it's shown up time and time in some live action stuff, obviously. And like, I would say things like the first Aquaman and Shazam and um, obviously the Suicide Squad, not 
the shitty one, the good one that James Gunn did. Those were cases of like, hey, there's heart in these. There's people that want to make these films and make them good. But again, like you said, it's usually overridden by Warner Brothers. I don't, I keep, I say DC, but I mean WB, if I'm being serious here in this regard. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, WB saying no, like you said, we got to beat Marvel. I mean, look at the whole, like, when uh they were doing the press tour for the first year, the one I don't like, Suicide Squad with fucking whatever abomination Jared Leto was playing. Um, but when he, you know, they did a press tour and he literally, the director, was it Fuqua? It wasn't Fuqua. It was Fuqua, right? No, it was David Ayer. Thank you, David Ayer. I was like, Fuqua or Ayer, one of the two. Um, but he came out and the first thing out of his mouth, fuck Marvel. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'm, I don't care about your movie. I don't care what you think about Marvel. I care about the movie you're making. I don't care about this shitty, stupid fucking rivalry. Make a good movie. Because guess what? If you just focus on that, we live in an amazing world where we have great DC films and great Marvel films. I'm not having to pick and choose. I have both. Yep, that's how the comics worked. They were constantly trying to one-up each other with great stories and great characters, not just sabotage. Like, it was... It was a competitive field that led to some great stories. And we don't have that in film. We do not have that. We have this very much us or them mentality that is just poisoning the well on both sides. Yeah. And, you know, at first it was like, and, and, you know, and I'm, I, you know, I'm putting a lot of head on the filmmakers, obviously, and everybody, but hey, the fans, I ain't fucking leaving you out of this, you shitheads. Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right, I ain't leaving you out. You're making it worse, you fucking Snyder fanboys that don't shut the fuck up. You Marvel stands I'm alluding to, and you're, oh, you guys just don't get Phase Four. It's built on themes and concepts, and they can they can not have a plan right now. Remember Phase One and Two? Yeah, you mean back when they were first starting, first having to prove themselves? Yeah, I do remember that. I was there. I watched those still, and also. I don't want to fucking phase on themes and concepts. I went on what the hell are we going to next Marvel? Um, so the fanboys, they're not hoping because you have those extremes on both sides. You do have like, not all fans. Like you have your level head ones that can sit there and be like, Hey, look, I like this part of it. DC and don't necessarily like these type of films, or I like this, this out of Marvel. I don't like these, you know, these Marvel films. They do exist. We're just more quiet. We're not sitting there again on Twitter fucking letting our voices be known really this right here is as close to a bitch fit as we're gonna throw <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah yeah look my energy with phase four is hey inconsistent fucking you better bring it in phase five and onward marvel that's pretty much it yeah i don't have time to get on there and be like then well actually <laughs> not worth it it's not worth it it's not like they're gonna be like oh we pissed this guy off. Let's redo the movie so he he'll like it more. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? <laughs> yeah, and as you can kind of see, like, the, you know, and the reason I go and look, people, I know I've gone after the Snyder fanboys for quite a bit. Most regular fanboys that like his that like his take on Justice League and Batman v Superman, I'm like it, enjoy it. I'm not taking that from you. You you have every right to enjoy that. Those films, not my cup of tea, not my thing. Yeah, they're right. The reason I, but unfortunately, again, talking about that online minority, right? They've made a lot of them look bad because guess what? The Snyder fanboys are the ones that wouldn't leave James Gunn the fuck alone, who had to literally make a big long tweet not too long ago 
about all the responses he was getting since he's taken over DC and been saying like, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. You know, this is why I really appreciated the Batman. Like Matt Reeves was just left to his own devices, delivered a you know solid story, good, good casting and a Batman movie that was, you know, just standing on its own as a good movie. We need more of that. I want DC, you know, they don't have to make an interconnected universe because frankly, I, they, they can't do it. They're, Unless they're it's not animated, good at it. They do it. <laughs> yeah, they've proven that they're not very good at it. But when you've got individual projects to stand on their own, they're great. Most of DC stuff that's been like standalone has been great. Just keep that. Just do that. So, yeah, yeah I, I want to live in a world where I can look forward to Marvel movies and DC movies with the same level of excitement. And I do oh, not. Yeah. I haven't lived in that world in a very long time since 2008. I haven't lived in that world. No, I I for a long time lived in a ward that was hell hell yeah the next Marvel film and well this DC film's coming out I guess I'll go see it um and then recently thanks to Phase Four it's been like oh yeah this Marvel film's out let's hope it's fucking good this time and I'm not going to sit there bored or mildly entertained for the next two hours of my life um but uh hopefully hopefully things start. You know, hopefully, like I said, you know, obviously, if things are be, to be believed, with Iger back in control of Disney, and you know, James Gunn in charge of a DC, and Zaslav being apparently happy with his uh, master plan, he's given, he's, he's presented to him, that we will be hopefully soon living in a world where I'm excited for both properties coming out with stuff. Um, but yeah, and that I think that's the biggest thing with the, like you said, with with the live action size that they're just, especially DC, they're so focused on we got to beat Marvel. Instead of just making good films, whereas, yeah, you know, it's it's unfortunate what's kind of happened with DC's anime department that they don't get these theatrical releases because you know WB went all the way to fucking screw them over on that, of course. Um, but because they have people that actually care about this stuff that want to tell good stories and aren't being held down by a bunch of red tape, being told like, oh, you can't have that character, you can't have that character, kind of what happens on like, um. A lot of the TV shows for DC, especially for those like myself who have been watching the CW stuff, come at me all you want on that one. Also, I enjoy the CW shows. Um, but you know, they get told a lot like, hey, you can't include that character because we have them. We can't, and like, <sighs> they don't get told on the anime department. So it's like they have that benefit of like, we can literally do whatever the hell we want with our animated films. You know what really eats my lunch? Marvel releases a theatrical animated movie with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Not only is it a humongous financial hit, it wins the Oscar for best animated feature. DC, if they just gave these a theatrical release, it could happen and it would happen. People would, people would go this, they could win Oscars. Like these movies are that good. Real Oscar, by the way, not the bullshit. The Snyder fanboys pulled when, the, the one year we won't talk about the Oscars. Yeah, stay out of my awards, you, you deluded psycho pricks. I'm tired of dealing with you people. I really am. I, I'm done being nice. Go away. Nobody likes you. Stop. Yeah, I, vote bombing, something the Oscars even want to do, does not fucking count in my book. I'm yeah. just saying. Now you're poisoning the well of the only award show i give a shit about so stop it i don't give a shit about the award show name i thought it was dumb yeah even people who don't care about the oscars are pissed that you did this 
<laughs> like, what the? Stop it. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. That's good. Even the people you hated. Um, they hate yeah. you more than they hate the Oscars. Pretty much. I I'm surprised. I'm so glad we don't have like a cavalcade of fanboy the signer fanboys list just because my dear god would I be filled with so much hate mail. I swear to god, I do have friends that like Snyder stuff, but they're not obnoxious, which is why I get along with them. Yeah, I don't know anyone who likes those movies. I'm I hope I I hope I never meet them. I do, and I, I give one I work with um so much shit. Because it's it's fun watching him get upset when you when you mess with him about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just I want DC's animated division to get more respect, to get more exposure. They they're making DC's best work, and you know, apart from obviously this, <laughs> but uh, no. everything else for the most part has has succeeded, and I I want I want people to know to know that. Yeah, well, hopefully, with you know, Manny James going to be that guy. I know he's talked about you know making them one big cohesive universe across live action, video games, and animated. He did say animated, I believe. So and, and TV, right? And TV. So he might he might have a plan to start being like, no, this animated shit also needs to be in the talk because people will like it. Oh, I hope so. James Gunn, the world is on your shoulders right now. In the words of Ray Fines, don't cock it up. We're far looking towards you, James. I'm all look, all I'm asking for is a, a great second season of Peacemaker, but you know, I'll also take the rest of the DC stuff you're in charge of. Give us one good movie and people will people will recognize. I, I promise. Except the signer fanboys, but you know who needs them. Um, with that, unless you want to add, we can move on to development hill. No, only this: the fanboys can go crawl under the rock. <laughs> every time, I, every time I see like what's going on with DC and their reaction, I just think of really Wonka, and the you lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's all there. Black and white, clear as crystal. I love that. I love that. I saw an article that said like Dwayne Johnson is determined to bring back Black Adam. Like he's like, I'm not done. I will be back. Dude, he is his career. I'm calling it right now. And I can't believe I'm saying it. His career is going, he is shooting himself in the foot and his career is going to go. It's going to take, I'm not going to say it's going to be gone forever. It's going to start stumbling. We're not going to see him on, uh, and a lot of big movies for a bit until he gets his shit together. Cause the way he's acting and the fact that he's saying things like that, like I'm determined. So, so it's like, what you're going to threaten a, a studio that doesn't like you right now because you lied about fucking numbers. You manipulated numbers to your movie. Um, I think he is going to stumble and we are going to see him have a slump in his career. That's what I'm looking for. Ah, Dwayne. Why you had yeah. the world at your feet. And this is the this is the hill you're gonna die on. It's like, dude, just let it go. Like, let it go. You have been a proven box office success in the past with other stuff, like Adam, notwithstanding. Um, what is it about the Snyderverse that like straight up poisons people? 
I don't know. I don't get like, it. Not just fans, but like actors involved. You know, Henry Cavill got you know sideswiped. Jared Leto was fucking crazy. Dwayne Johnson's lost his mind. Ben Affleck started drinking again. Like, what the fuck happened? Dude, I don't get it. The only ones who have seen to been able to cope is Gal Gadot, who was apparently going back to her family in a fast, fast X or fast ten. I like to call it X. Oh, is she uh-huh. also not dead. Does anybody fucking die in this franchise? No, apparently not, because she's going. She's going to be joining her family again. Um, and then you know, Zachary Levi. Uh, he was actually. I give him credit. He was straight up like, "Give him a chance, guys." Like, I, yeah, I was like, "Okay, that's cool. I, I'll give you credit on that one." You know, like someone's defending their the change in hand here. And then apparently, you know, if sources are to be believed, you know, Momoa is probably going to be Lobo. So he's going to just walk over here and be fine. Yeah. So, you know, at least those three have proven like, okay, we're just going to do it. Take the brushes the best we can and move on. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I got two more. Ezra Miller, he went fucking crazy. And Amber Heard. So, like, what's going on? Something's in the water over at Warner Brothers. Right, you don't like, and I'm not saying like Marvel isn't, you know, had its own controversy, but not as much as Warner Brothers has with their DC actors. A Marvel controversy is like, oh, we got to push the movie by two months. A DC controversy is someone's holding people hostage and in a cult in New in New England. <laughs> so, that's... and grooming teenage girls. Yeah, and they're gonna stick with them. So. There's yeah. Oh, that and I'm like, oh, so what? You guys are going against James Gunn's plan or something? Like, what the fuck? Like, just I get releasing the movie. Like, I get you spent like over two hundred million dollars on this movie. You have to release it and hopefully, goddamn best. But let it go after that. Like, just recast for Christ's sakes. Guns out, guns out. He's in charge now. (laughs) So I'm hoping he, you know. Steps in, or I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Well, and I wonder if maybe that's it. Like someone maybe involved with the Flash is like pulling a rock at me. Like, oh no, well, we already have a sequel getting written, and like we can just get back from that. And meanwhile, our James Gunn's like, nah, not in my fucking house. I own this. <laughs> I am in charge now. I I am the captain now. <laughs> I hope he's doing that to everybody. I hope he's just like stretching out his legs on his desk and just like knocking shit off the table. Like I hope he's going full CEO, bitch. <laughs> I would, I would love if like the Rock goes into his office and it's like trying to be threatening. Like you better do it or else. And he's just like, oh what, Dwayne, James Gunn. What? He pushes a button on his desk and walks John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do now? What are you gonna do now? The whole time Batista's also in there just on the standby. He's under the desk. He's just waiting for the like for the folding chair to come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One wrong move and you hear fucking John Cena's theme song start playing. James Gunn has two very profitable, very big, very nice wrestlers on his like who are very loyal to him who are gonna back him up. Yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah oh. i'm just i'm glad it's him and i really am i'm looking forward to what he's gonna you know step one of the plan 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to him revealing it. He said he's supposed to be doing it this year. So, uh, James Gunn, when 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 is that happening, please? <laughs> I hope he does it the same week Guardians Three comes out, and like it completely overshadows Marvel. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. One last fuck you to the House of Mouse. <laughs> James Gunn. Not only do I love this man as a person as a filmmaker, but my God, like. Again, we were talking about before we record the one man that like fucked the house of mouse and got away with it. (laughs) (laughs) I just I feel like the executives over there fucking hate him because they know they needed him and Disney doesn't like to need anything. Exactly. Because I remember reading like every person they asked to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3, like every director they went to said, no, that's James's movie. Batista was literally, he even said, he went to our office and was like, I'm going to fucking leave if you don't bring him back. I'm like, dude, that is some goddamn loyalty for the actors. And the other directors be like, nah, we're not directing James's movie. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, you know, Disney just sat there and had a moment of like, they're not expendable. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we we covered all our bases there. I feel like we expelled a lot of pent up anger. We haven't talked, we haven't gone deep into DC in a while. <laughs> no, no, we haven't. I, I tried to say because I, I kind of went, I think like two films, three last year. So I was like, do I want to go back to this? I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's you know, it's Iron Man. Well, and then we'll take a nice long break until we ever touch DC again. <laughs> God knows we have options. We have a lot more options than we do with Marvel, that's for sure. It's amazing how many options I have compared to Marvel. Even based off our criteria, I think for Marvel, off the top of my head, I know Eternals, and that's like all I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking MCU Marvel. Like, non-MCU Marvel, there's a lot more, but right. Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think it's, yeah, Eternals. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, look, I'll, I'll do because I fucking, I fucking hated that movie so goddamn much. I think I had Marvel goggles on, and I think I was way too kind. So revisiting that would actually be pretty good for me. I think. I think so because you had Marvel goggles on. It was. I don't. I saw your screen. I was like, "There's no goddamn way." <laughs> it, it took. It took Thor, Love and Thunder to to crack those goggles. <sighs> I mean that that's a good one to crack them with because I remember thinking like, "Wow, this is what we're doing after Ragnarok, huh?" All right. <laughs> But that's for another time. Yes. All right. Development Hell on Batman, The Killing Joke. How did this extremely well-known graphic novel, acclaimed, beloved, get turned into this? Um, In 2011, Mark Hamill, who wanted to quit playing the Joker at the time, apparently. He was getting ready to actually call it quits for goods. Stated he would be willing to voice him again for an adaptation of Killing Joke. So I guess he was a big fan of the comics of the of the source material. Yeah. And was like, "Hey, I would. I'm quitting. I don't want to play this character anymore, but I would do it for this." That's hilarious because he's since revisited the character quite a few times. He hasn't stopped playing him quite a few. And for being honest, as someone who has been watching the Flash on the CW, uh, the trickster is it's the Joker. Uh, just let Mark play him in live action. Just throw him in white makeup and just let him be the Joker. I'm, I'm so down for that. <laughs> oh. But he did. Uh, he did take it a step further. 
and actually encourages fans to campaign for said adaptation, which in a weird turn, of course, for what's not lead to toxicity as far as I know, but actually would lead to a much more non-toxic form of a Facebook page supporting this very thing that was set up by his fans. So they were like, hey, we hear you. We got you. We got you, Mr. Hambam. Uh, we are going to create that page. The animated fans, man. These are where like the normal DC fans flock. These are where the people who just want quality entertainment, they know where to go. So yeah, I imagine it was quite a civil discourse. Probably was. You think like the when they saw this, it was a civil discourse of why they didn't like it. Instead of like anger and just like, how dare you? It was like, okay, guys. So like, you know, it wasn't up to snuff. We tried. Well, most of the letterbox reviews I looked through were basically like, come on, really? They, they all had that vibe of like, seriously, that's what you're going to do? Come on. So yeah, it, it, probably, it sounds a lot more civil than the live action side of this. <laughs> um, uh, so in, uh, in 2013, uh, Bruce Tim, who should be a, a name quite well known to uh, DC fans, especially in regards to Batman, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he expressed a desire to create this project as well with an official announcement following two years later in 2015 um, that this was now going, an anime film was in development, was released later for 2016. Um, which, because DC anime films are on it, guess what? It got released in 2016. Like, they said it, and it came out. They're very good about that in the anime department. <laughs> it is so, like, seriously, all you gotta do is just, like, give these guys a budget and a goal, and we will, they'll beat Marvel in, like, two years. I'm serious. I trust these guys enough to do to pull that off. Warner Brothers does not. <laughs> I don't get it because it's it's literally like almost every and it's not just this one. Like every single one of these anime films are like, yeah, it's coming out this at this time. And guess what? Almost consistently, I think if not every single time, they've come out on time <laughs> and been pretty good. Yeah, it's 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 uncanny. They're just on point with it every single time. <laughs> Ah, oh, God. Ah, with that, not only with that, um, uh, release date, they would also listen to the fans and even add a little extra to the fans and announce that both Hamill and Kevin Conroy would, um, would come back after both of them had expressed their hope to return. Uh, the former Hamill being very active on Twitter for those who don't know, tweeting that he had his fingers crossed and, um, Conroy. Stating that he would reprise, you know, the role in a heartbeat. So after expressing that, DC up that went up that by saying, "Well, hey, guess what? You're officially on board. We also have Terra Strong and Ray Rise as Barbara and Jim Gordon, uh, respectively." Ah, I'm gonna miss him. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just like the idea of like they express all this interest and DC again, the Iron Man part. Listening to what people want went, oh sweet. Then hey, we're doing it. Do you guys act like you guys are talking about? It. Like here's the contract. Do you want to do it? And they went, yeah, okay, sweet. Also, hey, Terra Strong, who's voiced Bat uh, Batwoman for a long time. She's uh, she's done a lot of voice work for DC actually. I believe a lot of voice work in general. She's a very well known voice actress. So like, hey, we got her and fucking Twin Peaks himself, Ray Wise. He's on board. Like, goddamn, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't, you know, Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, the definitive Batman and Joker want to, why wouldn't they want to do the definitive Batman and Joker story? Like, 
if anything, that's got to be like their holy grail of, you know, potential stories they could be a part of. So, yeah, the fact that they actually made that happen, that they were like, the fans want this. So we're going to go ahead and listen to that because it's a good idea and do it. And here's your movie. Granted, it didn't turn out that great. But you know what? We got it. Yeah, you know what? They they tried. <laughs> On time, we got the damn movie. <laughs> yeah, so waiting on you, Flash and Aquaman 2. <laughs> and now Shazam 2. Oh, yeah, there's three waiting in the wings. Three that, I don't know, I guess we'll fucking see, won't we? I'm not hopeful. Hey, I'm not maybe. pre-ordering tickets, am I? <laughs> no. Maybe, I mean, look. Apparently, Blue Beetle comes out this year, and they've done zero advertisement on that one. <laughs> My ass. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, so far, it's on time. We got the actors that are interested. We even got some pretty big fucking names to round out the cast. And guess what? In January of 2016, guess what Bruce Tone would reveal? That the film would be getting... A premiere at San Diego Comic Con in July. Would you look at that? Still on time. Like, hey, it's almost like they're like, hey, just so you guys know, we're still tracking for 2016. It's coming out. Don't worry. We got this. I believe this is one of the few DC animated films that did get a brief theatrical release. It got very brief because of the story being told. I think it was a very brief, limited theatrical release. I wonder if it was like they were hoping like, oh, if it's really successful, we can expand it. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? And then they're like, oh, no, brief, very brief. (laughs) It'll be on Blu-ray next week. We're sorry. (laughs) I feel like that might have been the plan. Like, this could be the next generation of, oh, wait, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like, all right, guys, we can do this. We can make it so these films are finally theatrical. Never mind. Hurry up. Just get it on Blu-ray. We messed up. We, we fucked up. It's fine. Just get on Blu-ray and we'll move on. It reminds me of that. You've seen that clip from The Simpsons when, like, Grandpa walks into the whorehouse and, like, puts his hat on the, the hat rack and Bart's sitting there and he just immediately turns around and walks out. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, DC. Um, so not only is he revealing that it's coming out on time at, at San Diego Comic-Con, they're going to get a first look at it, basically, for those who can get tickets at the notoriously so, sells out in one second event. Um, one day. Yeah, yeah, I keep hoping one day, man. Um, he also revealed that the team would have to add a lot more story for the film due to the source novel not being long enough to make a feature-length film. And this is when you could say the red flags are slowly coming. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't announce that. Maybe just work on it quietly but you know, behind closed doors so we're not expecting a disaster. You might want to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so it's coming out on time. We got you. Also, it's not exactly the most in-depth graphic novel, so like we're adding a lot more story. All right, cool. Next question. I imagine like 50 hands go up and the guy's just like, no one? Okay, roll roll tape, please. <laughs> Is there anyone that wants to ask a question not related to my comment about adding a lot more story and all the hands go down? Okay, so no questions. Perfect. 
oh man I yeah maybe this was a turning point maybe they were thinking like this is the one that's going to change the game and then it came out and everyone was like how dare you <laughs> why, why would you hurt us like so <laughs> i mean this was you know fan like you know pushed mostly by fans mark hamill was like you know let's do this kevin connor was like i'm on board and then they were like we're gonna sabotage this we're gonna just put so much upsetting shit that's gonna alienate the fans of this graphic novel so that no one ever bothers or even tries to take the DC animated film seriously. Because anytime it gets a theatrical push, someone's going to think, well, remember what happened to the killing joke? You want that to happen again? You want that on your conscience? I bet that conversation has happened more than once. <laughs> this, I feel like this thing fucked us in more ways than we've ever thought. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Someone's trying to sabotage DC. Just, oh man, this might be good. We can't have that. <laughs> uh, I'm Ooh. laughing on the outside, but I'm crying on the inside. Yeah, same. <laughs> oh boy. Well, to continue, a month later, it was revealed the film was slated to be an R rated adaptation. But. But development had stalled after two weeks due to the underperformance of a little film that Snyder fans are going to get a, a boner for in a minute. Watchmen. Uh. <laughs> we can't win. Yeah. So needless to say, that does sound like, yeah, we're they're aiming for like big fucking plans for this. And then Watchmen Underform, they went, fuck. Wait a minute. <laughs> when was this? 2016. Watchmen. Am I thinking of the different of a different Watchmen? It said Watchmen on the Wikipedia. So unless they're doing a different one, it said it said Watchmen. That was in 2009. Were they just thinking, like, wait a minute? That movie from seven years ago underperformed. I think so. What the fuck? I hope that's not the case. If so, that's psychotic. And why are you <laughs> now thinking about this? Look, apparently someone's trying to sabotage this thing from the very beginning. They're like, that's oh like, my God. That's like getting, you know, eight months into The Dark Knight Rises and somebody's like, wait a minute. But Batman and Robin failed at the box office. How can we expect this to work? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it says due to the underperformance of Watchmen and it's taking me to the Snyder film. So somehow they are correlated. Wow. Was it like re-released that weekend or something and nobody went and saw it? What I can what I can think is that maybe someone pointed that out because Watchmen is a DC property because of the uh, the imprint it's under. That someone went, hey, wait a minute. Hold on. You're making it radar. Uh, <laughs> and theatrical. Last time we did this shit, we underperformed. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a bit of a reach, but I can understand somebody making that argument. But also, I... you didn't. you waited till quite a while into production to make that argument. I know it's a reach, but at the same time, 
look, I I'm kind of that's my only theory because if I've learned anything on development hell in my my year of doing Beyond the Bad, the stories are just uh, just outrageous to why something happened and it's like you know this is probably how it went down. Yeah, you're right. You're right. At least it's not a you know Michael Crichton demanding a live monkey or John Peters wanting a big spider, but it's on par with it. Monkey or I walk. Nothing's gonna top that psychotic demand. Like that is that's amazing. <laughs> Frankly, that I think about that every time we do one of these. <laughs> I I live for when I do these development hells and I find something outrageous. Cause I'm like, I'm not telling Connor this, so I can see the reaction as we do this. Purely for my benefit, because we are not a visual medium. So it's just for my benefit. <laughs> Yeah, nothing's ever going to eclipse Michael Crichton being like, we need to train real monkeys to do this shit, or I don't even want to be involved. (laughs) Like, you're a respected author. Like, I've read your work. What the hell, man? (laughs) Yeah, well, here, apparently, the only thing I can think of is someone brought up the Watchmen thing of like, hey, that didn't really do well, and you want to make this rated R? And they went, we got to start production for two weeks. Game plan. I wish somebody had said, like, you want to run down all of our successful PG-13 movies lately, or do you want to shut the fuck up and get on board? Because, <laughs> yeah, you haven't been doing well. doesn't matter what the movie's rated. How about you fucking try? <laughs> you I think so... that's a fair point. It's so angry right there. the anger so much in that moment (laughs) which is it's amazing you've got a potential hit here and you're bitching about a failure that happened seven years ago while you're ignoring the many failures that have happened lately that weren't rated r like i mean look think about how hollywood works man they like think about for years it was you should only do PG-13 films because they are super successful compared to Radar. It took fucking Deadpool to prove like, no, you can do already a superhero film and it make a shit ton of money. The key is not the rating. The key is a good fucking movie that people want to go see. When I know Deadpool was 2016. How long between the release of Deadpool and the Killing Joke? <laughs> I want to know. Like if Killing Joke came out first and then Deadpool came out and was a huge success... People were killed. <laughs> like, that's not a firing offense. That's they'll never find the body, bury it in the desert kind of offense. There's just a public execution at the Warner Brothers lot. <laughs> Has anyone seen Bruce Jim lately? Like, can we, can we go look for him? You think like, they just like saw the box office to Deadpool and like they're just like a fucking like one's holding a pin and you just hear it snap and like. <laughs> like they're just like God. I'm looking. Up, I'm looking up the movie right now. All right, Deadpool um, came out uh, February eighth. Oh, Killing Joke <laughs> came out July twenty twenty second. Okay, so Deadpool came out first, and cool. they did nothing. Up, nothing to change anything. <laughs> 
They just only were like, look, so Watchmen, you think someone was pointing that out? They're like, hey, wait, guys, D- D- Deadpool, D- Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, Watchmen, underperformed. We, what? I feel like somebody had to go up to that guy and be like, superhero movies only exist if they're made by DC. You got that? <laughs> those are the only ones that matter. So those are the ones we're going to compare this to. I've never heard of Deadpool. Have you? Think carefully before you answer. <laughs> I, I feel like there might have been some intimidation on this set. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, it's very hard to keep my composure right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh-huh. It, dude, it's just, I mean, and I mean, technically, if you do want to look at like DC's R rated output, they've consistently underperformed with R rated films. Yeah. Like, consistently, like The Suicide Squad, which is a far superior film and a great movie. Unfortunately, it underperformed at the box office. So, like, you know, it's yeah, them looking at their catalog going, like, we never do good with R rated shit. It is a damn shame. But you know what? I think, you know, as like the point I keep hammering home here is it's not like they're knocking it out of the park with their PG-13 shit either. So maybe take a risk. Maybe try a little, shake things up a little bit. Yeah. Really, what could you lose? You're already losing. (laughs) This is the best time to try new shit because you are just trapped in this gigantic spider-man shaped shadow that you have been trapped in for a very long time just own it accept it and try things your way i mean come on i, I thought i was going to go for a dc but it's mostly the raw of pent up anger on your end that's just really making me very very hard to keep a straight face I, all I'm doing is making very valid points that nobody thought about for a long time. I just, yeah, okay. <laughs> Woo. But you're right. No, you're agree, but I feel like I could run this shit better than they could. Probably. No, you, you're all right, though. It's, it's just funny because it's like, damn, I feel like we're, we're really unpacking on your feelings with DC here. Well, I'm learning some shit that I didn't know about, and that's just fueling the fire over here. So. Yeah. <laughs> God. Woo. In in April, Warner Home. That's right, Warner Home Video. So at this point, it's not getting theatrical, like big at all. Of course. <laughs> God forbid we repeat Watchmen's failure. <laughs> that's all anybody's thinking about in 2016. Remember how Watchmen tanked? While Batman versus Superman sinking to death over there, Suicide Squad's burning alive over there. But Watchmen, that was the big mistake. I wish you were a visual medium so everyone could see how I'm just I'm trying to keep it a good composure. <laughs> And, uh, oh, and who? In April, Warner Home Video confirmed the film 
would be the first in the DC Universe animated original films, which is like, I like the animated department, but goddamn is that a mouthful to call your animated department. DC Universe a- animated original movies. Um, the first in that series and the first Batman film to receive an R rating from the NPA. So they confirmed it in April, along with the fact that it's a Wonder Home video saying it. So guess what? Not getting a big theatrical release. It's 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 going to fucking video. I do like that they eventually did rebrand as the DC AU, the DC animated universe. That's you know nice and concise, separate from the garbage fire, and it's just working out. So yeah, so- I I do think it's funny that DC cannot fucking figure out a name for itself. Yeah, MCU, perfect to the point. Marvel Cinematic Universe, we all got on board immediately. DCEU, DCAU, DC Universe, like, it's just not, it actually, you know what? It actually mirrors the films themselves pretty well. MCU, tight, concise, they know exactly what they're doing. Over here, you got like three or four different names for the same shit. No one knows what they're talking about. No one's communicating with each other. And here we are. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, it's it's fine to me. And the fact that that whoever was like going through what to call their at the time, like the original name for the animated films, whoever went looked at that whole DC universe animated original movies, whoever looked at that went, Yep, that's it. I hate you. <laughs> like you're telling me there wasn't like a, a much better option to pick? Because that is a mouthful. DC animated films, not live action, but animated. Trust me, it's animated and it's a film studio. <laughs> feels like yeah they were just like pulling words out of a hat and whatever they left with there it is yeah because i will say yeah dcau is a lot better dc animated universe like way better that rolls off the tongue much better Uh um so with all that obviously at the time excitement was very high for this release because we're getting or hey it's rated r we get they listen to the fans um it's you know again based off one of the most seminal graphic novels of fucking batman's history like here we go there's the one red flag but everyone had the hope that hey you know what maybe it's some good added story elements let's hope this would all change though once it came out um critics and fans alike had a pretty negative reception towards this thanks mainly to the questionable changes made during the prologue with batman and batgirl's relationship Along with the latter's overall portrayal, um, while the voice act, uh, while the voice acting from Hamill and Connor would would be praised, and a lot of the second half of this film getting a bit better reception than the the first half, it would not save this from now being the black sheep, black uh, the black sheep in the much more loved film side of uh, DC. <laughs> you know what the most ironic thing about all of this is. What people eventually warmed up to Watchmen. <laughs> this is true, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's really bugging you that like the film that came out so long ago. They were just like, yeah, we are we sure we want to do this R-rated thing? No point thinking like, hey, Deadpool's out and was a huge success. It's just making me laugh so much that like that was that's what they considered a failure, not everything else that was happening 
that year around them, they were like, no, no, we got to we got to go way back into the catalog to talk about our last failures. Like, no, you've got to go back like a month. <laughs> like, buddy, come on. If I fucked up that hard, I wouldn't have been able to keep my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. It, it is like it is kind of slap in the face because, yeah, like I said, like Deadpool was a big hit. Watchmen has become much more beloved now, even though I look, I'll I'll say it. And what this was one of her cases, I was on board before everyone else was on board. I fucking enjoyed the hell out of Watchmen when I saw it when it came out. I thought it was great. Um, so fuck y'all. For once, I was on the hill. I was the hipster in this case. I was like, before everyone else was. Um, but uh, it's funny that like all that happened, and then in the process of that, and then focusing so hard on all this shit, they became the forgotten film. Like, oh yeah, no, we don't. We don't. We. This was disappointing. You know. You know what really makes me laugh. This. This was the hope. This was the hopeful one for DC fans because they've had. You know, Man of Steel was okay. Batman versus Superman was terrible. Suicide Squad didn't look promising. But hey, in July we're getting a Killing Joke movie. That'll be fun. And then it wasn't. And we were like, "Fuck!" There goes all of our hope out the window. And. We never really got it back. <laughs> yeah, it, this was in a way the final nail in the coffin for the future of DC in general that now only hopefully James Gunn can save. Unless you're a Snyder fan and your hope is really gone out the window. Um, he's made it known we're not doing that again. They're like the QAnon of comic book fans. Oh God, they are they are something. Um, so with that, that's uh that's actually our half of development hell. Not a not a whole lot on this one. Pretty uh MCU type one, you know, tight, concise, breezy, unlike you know, most of DC's work. Uh so if you have much else to add, then we can move on to our awards. Oh, I think I've said enough. <laughs> You've said quite a bit. So <laughs> let's I don't think I've laughed that much during like a development hell. Um, I couldn't just, I know it's low hanging fruit, but I'll be damned if it wasn't tasty. Good. I, I got a good laugh. It. Um, so our first award, which is, I always forget how it's just, just nice. This pairs with the movie we're talking about. Uh, the Zack Snyder. The worst scene. What did you come up with? It had, I mean, there's no, I don't think there's going to be any surprises here for either of us. Uh, the infamous, I wonder if it's the same scene. Go ahead, the infamous sex scene. Yeah, I I pretty much wrote that shit down before I even watched it. Same, like, why would you think this is a good idea? Oh my god, I mean, that was the moment for most people who watched this where they, they emotionally shut off and. The rest of the movie could not win them back. Uh, I'm one of those people because I'm, you know, the relationship between Bruce Wayne and Barbara Gordon has traditionally been very, you know, mentor student, almost father daughter esque. And then you got, you know, boning on a rooftop, not to mention she's like way smaller than he is. So it looks even creepier. And yeah, I mean, someone's going to see that shit. Someone's going to be like, that's weird. 
Bruce Wayne's banging a girl in, in a Batman costume over there. Like someone's gonna see that. Batman would never be that fucking lazy. That looks like Bruce Wayne's ass, not Batman's. <laughs> that would be the weirdest comment. <laughs> oh my God. But I think it would be hilarious if Bruce Wayne got arrested for public indecency in half a Batman costume. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the scene is, is weird. It's uncomfortable. It's made like it happens right during an, like a speech when he's saying like the bad guys objectifying you, Barbara. You listen to me. And then they start fighting and then they start fucking. It's like, what? And then he doesn't call her. I mean, yeah. come on, Bats. He doesn't call her his own fucking mentee, his protege, his student, his daughter in his eyes that like he just had sex with. If you want to just go on and go there with this, because it feels like we're going there. How creepy this scene feels. Yep. Um, Until Gordon, oh, hey, I fucked your daughter. Oh, dude, when any those at one point where they're interacting, I think like Gordon said something. I was like, you know, Batman fucked your daughter, buddy. <laughs> I was like, you can't, you just get it. It's like you said, the biggest thing for me is that like they their relationship has traditionally been built as, like you said, a very like father daughter type thing. So to do that, and look, I understand that obviously, as Pornhub has proven year and year again in their top tens, there's apparently a fucking market for incest porn. I do not one. I don't watch. I don't watch it myself because that's weird. Um, even though I know it's weird. Um, but also, I don't want it in my Batman movie. Like, stop it. <laughs> I love that in like at least thirty five of these, you randomly just bring in incest porn. <laughs> Like, yeah. I like we've talked about that more than we've talked about fucking anything. Because until this fucking shit goes away, like, I hate how it's a top 10 every year on porn. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> so many other categories. So this, is just, this is just you raising awareness. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Keep the PSA out there. Yeah. Stop the struggle. Stop. Stop fantasizing your family members, you fucking freaks. <laughs> oh god okay this jesus Uh, but yeah anyway it's a terrible decision it ruins the movie it ruins their relationship it puts this weird stain on the whole on the whole story going forward and yeah i i I don't like it nobody likes it no no one likes it it it, it's a weird like i said the build-up to this is weird like and I'll I'll talk more about Batgirl in a minute and her whole characterization beforehand for a couple of my awards down the line. Um but yeah, like this whole thing of like them fucking is just it's so awkward to watch. And the whole like he's he hasn't even talked to me since. I'm like, oh my god, we're doing oh my god. Like all right. Having sex with your mentee is bad enough, but then like not calling her is even worse. Like now you're gonna be a dick too. Yeah. Like, and look, not not to get too gross, but let's just go down this route for a quick second. Oh they theoretically fucked in their costumes. No protection. Because I doubt Bat has bat condoms on him. Did he pull out? Did he what like where where did the where did the payload end up, Batman? God. Uh 
because you're not putting it on her suit. Well, let's all right. Let's make it even worse. Why not? We're already walking down this road. Let's fucking throw ourselves down the hill. Um, so assuming that Batman's pullout game isn't great, uh, I think it's safe to say Joker took care of that for him. Oh my god. That bullet. Yeah. If if that was the case, she it ain't. I think we all know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes. I'm just I just want to bring up a thing, because like they don't fully take their costumes off. So like Halo had to go somewhere. And I like I said, I doubt he just has like his back condom branded his his brand of bat condoms on him at all times. Like I doubt that. Well, I mean, if he's got his bat credit card, as we've established, uh I'm sure he's <laughs> I don't, knowing Batman, he's probably got some like. Considering how many bad guys are trying to like steal his DNA to make like bastard children, Talia, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like got micro organ like microbots in his sperm that like cause that shit to not happen. Mm, that or he just Bruce Wayne did what uh, what you should do. He just got snipped. That too, but he's Batman. He'd come up with a complex, like unnecessarily over-the-top way to do it. <laughs> Probably. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, why I don't like that it's here and it's just gross and I don't know, like, how long it took or, like, how they, <laughs> you know, talk to each other afterwards. Like, to Batman just be like, fly. <laughs> or... The most awkward buy ever. Chair? Like, what happened? It's the most awkward buy. He's, like, still putting his fucking pants back on. <laughs> He'll be tripped. <laughs> I hope he's like awkwardly put his pants back on and he just trips. Falls over the roof. <laughs> he just lands on the fucking sidewalk with his pants still down. In front of a couple. It's in like the news the next day. Like I saw Batman's ass. Gordon's laughing at it, and then he sees up in the corner. Is that my daughter? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, this probably didn't go that smoothly. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and yeah, it to this day, this is going to be just a weird ad. And especially when you think about, like, they talk about so much, like, we had an ad story, and you're like, wait, this is what you added? This is what you felt compelled to add? You give us a shitty bad guy named Paris Franz, and you give us an objectified Batgirl and then we get the movie we wanted. Yeah. And again, should point out a graphic novel that Wild Praise has thrown a bit of criticism for his portrayal of Barbara. And this is what you wanted to do. Way to reclaim this icon for feminism. Woo! Good job. Good <laughs> job, guys. <laughs> Fucking bravo to you for taking a moment to make it worse. That same year... We also got Harley Quinn in obnoxiously small booty shorts. This was not the best year for women in DC films. God damn it, DC. God. Oh, God damn it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Deadpool Marvel was progressive and had a scene of pegging. Yeah. Happy International Women's Day. <laughs> I have a whole story uh, not involving me, but involving someone I met that I will tell you. <laughs> 
really wish, I really wish you'd kept that statement to yourself because the, oh, I have a friend. You, you just did that. Now everyone's going to think it's your story. No, it, uh, I'll give you at least some lead up. It was when I was in, um, when I was in, uh, school in the uh, a school for the military. And it was this guy that we had a, we basically like, it was like once a week or nightly, we had to like clean the building. Like you were assigned a floor. And the guy they assigned with told me, he was like, Oh, have you seen? I'll just fucking say it. Fuck it. I'm not just going to name him. I just won't name him. All right. <laughs> Here we go, boys and gals, boys and girls. Um, but I, 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 he got assigned with me and this one other guy that usually did the fifth floor. And we're like, okay, cool. And, and you know, he was talking to us because we never met him. He was new. And um, he, he was like, oh, you got to see Deadpool. And we're like, yeah. And he, he's like, you guys know the, uh, you guys remember the sex montage scene? We're like, yeah. Both thinking like, where is this going? And he reveals, he's like, yeah, me and my wife rec- uh, recreated that scene, including the pegging scene. And like, he emphasized that. And we just like looked at each other. <laughs> Me and the other dude were like, um, okay, bro. And like, you go over there and clean. Like, we went to the other end of the hallway. We we're like, what the fuck? Why would you just say that? I don't, I don't want to kink shame anybody, but maybe don't just tell that to people unprompted that you don't know that well. Yeah. Like, look, look, any, like, Guys, if you want to get pegged, that's 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 your prerogative. I will not kink shame that. It's something you enjoy between you and your significant other. Cool. Not my thing personally. Um, but yes, if I don't know you well enough, may not just fucking land that on me. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Give me some build up here. Hi, nice to meet you. What do you think of pegging? <laughs> yeah, not usually in my top three questions to ask somebody I've just met. Yeah, and especially if we bring up a movie like Deadpool, like I'm thinking, like, oh, we're going to talk about the funny scenes or the action scenes. No, hey, the sex montage. Yeah, me and my wife were creating, including the pegging part. I'm like, well, goddammit. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, that was nice. Um, yeah. So you also uh, had the sex scene. Yes, I did. <laughs> Pretty much immediately. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a terrible scene. I'm not going to. We've already kind of talked about. It. Terrible scene. So uh, next up, the Ed Wood worst line. What what did you come up with? I went with uh, it's a little bit of dialogue from uh Francesco, our super Italian gangster stereotype. We get a couple scenes with. Uh, he goes, "I'm out a hundred grand thanks to your friggin' fiasco, and what do I get for it? The bat and his bitch breathing down my neck." Bottom line, you're going to give me my money back, nephew, every cent. Otherwise, you're going to become a very distant relative very soon. Capiche? It's like, it's not terrible dialogue per se. It's just so fucking generic. It's like, oh, wow, an Italian gangster in Gotham City. I haven't seen this before. Right. And he's just a, a goofy stereotype that we get like two scenes of and then he's dead. And it amounted to nothing. And Barbara comments one time like, oh, he was Gotham's biggest boss. It's like, I doubt that. <laughs> I yeah. Well, and also not as a stereotype. Then you have the whole fact that it's, he's disappointed in his nephew. He's not taking it as seriously, and it's shitty at it, and threatening him. And it's like literally every fucking stereotype involving yeah. Italian mafia cinema. 
Um, this this was literally weird. in Punisher Warzone, another R-rated box office failure. That was a comic book movie. Just FYI, if you're going to steal, maybe don't steal from movies that fail, considering you're really hung up about that one. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, no, that, yeah, I, I get, yeah, it's, it, like I said, it's not a terrible line, but it's just reeks of, like, we did not try hard on the dialogue here. Like, I'm honestly surprised he doesn't go, like, hey, forget about it. Like, I'm surprised we didn't get that. It's just like, it. icing on cool. the cherry on top right there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's just got like saying other stuff that's not even like Irish. Just say hi to your mother for me. Like just start saying random, random shit. I'm sorry, I said Irish Italian. My bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's he's he's just you know throwing out cliches. Gabagool. It's it's ridiculous. Get <laughs> the cannoli. <laughs> so yeah, he. Everything I've got comes from the first half hour. By the way, let me just say, oh, that. Dude, yeah, same. I'm, uh, yeah. Um, mine, I, I. So for my, for my pick, I picked one because I'm like, really, the day just throw this line into this fucking movie, and that's when Batgore is like fighting, um, the dude that's like acting like she's like hot, you know, she's hot and wants to, I guess, fuck her because that's a big weird thing going on is that the bad guy wants to fuck Batgirl, um. And she's all hung up. This is after her and Batman have fucking sex. And she's fighting him, being all aggressive, and she's like, you ruined, you ruined my life. Um, and his response... His response, don't make me laugh, is one of the things that, first off, I know women hate, hate hearing from a man. Yeah. And I can honestly say... Guys, don't fucking say this to women for the love of God. Just stop saying this. And it, hearing it here just made my eyes roll and like my uh and that's when he looks at me and goes, It must be that time of the month. Ooh. Who thought that was a good thing to put in the fucking script and actually say to the supposed to be supposed to be strong female lead. That's kicking your ass, and your responses, along with the, all the objectifying this guy has done of her throughout the entire time he's been on screen, and then goes further with this to it must be that time of the month. Looks like the honeymoon ain't gonna be in Paris. Yeah, what a weird character. His whole thing is I'm Italian and I want to fuck Batgirl. That's the only bit of character that guy gets. Yeah, it. Yeah, and then he says like literally one like the lines that again I know for a fact that women fucking hate hearing from men. Yeah, you don't got to be a expert to know that. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. FYI, PSA to all guys, to the younger guys that are new to dating, if uh, your significant other is irritable, angry, withdrawn. Don't just immediately assume it's because they're on their period, for Christ's sake. So it could be a number of reasons. Yeah. And if you don't know why, it's it's you. <laughs> so 
anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I paid because yeah, I wrote I wrote my eyes. as soon as I heard I was like, God damn it. Um the Steven Seagal, the worst performance, which was hard in a way that I'm sure we'll, we'll explain, but hard for different reasons than usual. Yeah, not for me. Uh, this goes to J.P. Karliak as Reese, the gay friend. Again, just a walking stereotype who is just here to be the gay friend. There's no depth in this guy whatsoever the voice is so over the top it's ridiculous like i i don't he i think he even does like a hey thing like it's this it's so offensive oh it, it's a stereotype and then all his dialogue all amounts to is him basically making sure barbara is fucking like that's all it fucking amounts to anytime he's talking to her yep the guy from the yoga class and yeah, you know, he's oh, I've been down that road. Like it's it's just so unnecessary. And I don't know, like, did any of this go through a second draft? Did anybody look at this and say, like, really? I mean, people want to see this. Should we maybe do better? <laughs> Is this no. really what, we're, what we got here? No, because um I forgot to put it, but when they, people made a you know, obviously a big ruffle about the sex scene. Bruce, some of them defended it. They're like, no, we we knew we were going to do something outrageous and like, you know, it was going to shock people and we, but we stand by it basically. And I was like, oh my God. Here, I'm going to make it weird. Would you ever make a story where Batman fucked Robin? Probably not. Probably not, no. As long as we don't fuck it, since we've already crossed the border, we're back or Robin, you're up. This is the same deal. This is this. It's the same situation. No, no I I want to do it. I, I want to do it. Background want to do it. Robin, like it. No, no, yeah, no. You don't fuck your sidekicks. They're you know, uh, guys. Guys, if you want to watch that play out, there's plenty of porn out there. Yes, but don't look up incest porn. Caleb will be bothered. I will be very. I will be bothered. <laughs> okay. Every time you like have a cramp in your foot or something. That's somebody looking up incest porn. Yeah. I, look, if I ever become famous, that's going to be like, if I ever got into politics, that would be my platform. Would be, don't fetishize fucking your family. All right? I love that your platform isn't, I'm going to stop incest porn. It's, don't do it. <laughs> like, you, you, won't, you won't destroy it. You just want people to stop. Watch something else. Fuck non-family members. I love that. Vote Caleb Leger. Watch something else. That's, that's your slogan. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, look, I might have some issues in Alabama, but the other states, I think I'd be going to... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Wow. I I had to go for it. I had I had to go for the low hanging fruit that time. Oh, <laughs> uh, who is who did you who did you go for for worst performance? I okay. So look, I'm gonna purpose saying I usually love this voice actress, but I did I did go Tara Strong because this is some of the most asinine inane writing for her character. 
like ever. And again, it amounts to the fact that you had uh, again. I'll say it again: a fucking graphic novel that's as acclaimed as it is has gotten criticism for its portrayal of its female character being used as simply a proxy for the boys to play, if you will. And then you cast Terror Fucking Strong, one of the most respected goddamn voice actresses in this in this industry. To do black backgirl, which I think she's done more than once. I don't think this is like her first rodeo with backgirl, if I'm correct. Yeah, I believe so. I'm gonna go ahead. You keep going. I'm gonna go ahead and look that up. Okay. So if if I'm correct, I I I sure looked up. It's on me. Um, not her first rodeo with this. And you go out of your fucking way to write this character even worse, and have her have to play a character that's obsessed sexually with her fucking mentor in Batman. Doesn't stop talking about him. What needs to apparently be in a relationship? That's all she's about. Like, I need to have a man. I need to have a man. I need to have a man. I can't be a strong, independent woman. I need a fucking man in my life. And then fucks Batman, and then you know goes on a whole fucking mopey rampage because he won't call her back, even though he's fucking working with her every night. Um, and yeah, and then finally, you know, she, you know, we have the the scene from the comics where she gets shot, and then she's out of fucking commission for the rest of the film. So I put her in this real quick. She played Batgirl in the new Batman Adventures. So okay. Yeah, the she was the original Batgirl. So there's, yep, this was okay, not yeah not new territory for her. No, so she's done this before. So it's it's less of a first force that she does. She's you can tell she's clearly trying her best with the material that's been given. But this film, I only highlight in the sense that this film does such a shit service to her character. Yep, I second that. Good, yeah, I, I'm glad you went there. I, I I didn't I I I didn't pick her because you know I did feel the writing was it was at fault here not her performance but I'm I it didn't help. <laughs> yeah, it's always tough sometimes because sometimes with this stuff and it's something for on here where he picks up where I'm like these aren't really bad performances, and I that's when I'm like you know what I I want to f- just like bend it if you will flex it a little bit, um and be like well I'll put this person down but for this reason usually writing as opposed to their performance um but i just it was like look i i I gotta go with her only because like this this should she should have this should have been material that she could have knocked out of the fucking park and would have been should have been great yeah i agree this film's biggest sin is what it does to batgirl yeah so i think that's a great segue now to the michael bay right the worst filmmaking decision what did you come up with? I gave this. Something? I gave this to the entire prologue. Yeah. yeah, the prologue. This was a complete mistake, a disaster. All it does is pad the runtime unnecessarily. Since this wasn't going to get a theatrical release, since this was pretty much just going to be an animated straight-to-video thing, there's no reason it had to be as long as it as they made it. Like this could have just been like a 50-minute thing, and it would have been fine. There's no need to add all this shit. It amounts to nothing. It has no impact on the second half of the movie at all. Nothing changes. It's just here to make you uncomfortable and subvert your expectations. Yeah, and not and you know, I'm all about subverting expectations in a good way. It can work. This does not fucking work. This is bad subverting expectations. Um, dare I say it's like Halloween and subverting expectations bad. Um 
I will not let that one go. And also Jurassic World Dominion. Fuck you too. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not a good way to do it. And like I said, like it, it's characters that are forgettable. That like I said, they have no real, you know, relay at all to the second half of the film when we actually start adapting the fucking graphic novel. And it, you devolve a beloved character in a background, in my opinion. You absolutely devolve the living shit out of her to the point where I feel like that's what they were trying to do. It feels like, like you're telling me that guy that these guys were like, we're going to make this character great. To me, watching, I'm like, did you just all sit there and be like, how can we make this character terrible? How can we make these villains terrible? Like, was there any trying at all? No, there wasn't. <laughs> As we've established with development hell, they were just like, eh, it's not going to make. You know, it's not going to make Batman versus Superman money, but if we try hard enough, it won't be as big a failure as Watchmen. So let's just make this happen. Yeah, it, yeah, this, and like you said, you know, you get to the point that when this finally ends and it does finally segue weirdly into, you know, the actual adaptation. You're almost like someone going, oh, shit, we're finally ad- adapting. Cool. All right. Well, I feel like what they were trying to do is, like, build up emotional stakes in the second half. But, like, Batman's already invested. Like, this, you know, Barbara Gordon isn't nobody to him. He's, you know, without them banging, she's his, like, good friend's daughter, his partner, like, he cared already. He cared a lot. They didn't need to make him care more. It's not like they, that was going to change. So why have this at all? I I don't know. He I mean he cared so much. He came, but um... anything them banging made him care less. <laughs> As we see, he didn't call her. <laughs> he she called so him. Cool. He didn't even seem to care until you know his buddy Gordon was kidnapped and then that's when he found out oh shit what happened to Barbara you imagine if like at the end of the movie when Gordon's like collapses out of the cage Batman's like holding him and Batman just goes I fucked your daughter Jim I'm sorry (laughs) what if like like you know uh, Batman and good old Jim hang out on like weekends and like he has Batman come over to play cards or something and then it's just really awkward because Barbara's there. And the whole time, Bruce in his Batman costume is just like. <laughs> Bruce Wayne invites Gordon to a like a hobnob party with like the elite. They're having, you know, cocktails and stuff. Bruce Wayne trips, his pants fall. And Gordon's like, I know that ass. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and that's how he found out. Oh god! Oh, yeah, it, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I had a feeling we were gonna have the same thing. It's like it, it was like you know, and don't get me wrong. Like once you get past this, like the adaptation part of this film is not terrible, but you're so checked out. And like, like the sex thing happens at that point, you're done. You're like, okay, fuck this. I don't know. I don't care anymore. Which is weird. Sex scenes usually never do that. Usually, I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Cool. Sweet boobies you know like i, I can't admit it when a sex scene pop, pops up this was like by the first, 
I hope you say exactly that every time a sex scene pops up in something you're watching. I'm I'm going to now. <laughs> but but uh you know like you know like obviously you know I I could you know I'm not like oh god how dare they do this in my movie. Um I'm all, you know I'm cool with them. This was probably the first one that I was actively angry. I was just like why 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 well, I just thought, you know, Batman's got to be the only male fictional character ever to not think with his dick. I always assumed he was above that. No. And then here he is. And as soon as she kisses him, his hands go straight to her ass. There is no hesitation. <laughs> it's it's sad. It's like, oh, damn it. Yeah. Batman, Batman. They, they, they went straight there so fast. It's like he's always just looked at it. When she's not looking, he's just like, "Oh man, mentor, I'm a mentor, I'm a mentor. Don't you got this? You, you got this, Bruce. I mean, Batman, you got this." <laughs> I just keep I picture him like whipping out like Mister Freeze's cold gun and just like aiming it low mode down south, so he's not hurting himself, but he's quenching the fire. <laughs> just it, it's his best solution. She catches him like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm, I'm looking research, research." <laughs> you get out, <laughs> God. Oh God, yeah. This look, yeah, not 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 a good. Like we talked about at the beginning, right? You're opening your film should hook you into the movie you're about to see. All right, <laughs> Terrifier two, for instance. Knowing that it's a two and a half hour film, I was okay with that runtime. The moment I saw the opening, I went, "Yep, okay, I'm on board." What, what do we got? What else we got? <laughs> this film? No, I was just like, "Oh shit!" There's more film after this. Yeah, I never thought a film that's an hour sixteen minutes could feel like an eternity. God, it's it's amazing. Oh, <laughs> um, with that, let's. I know we just kind of shit on this quite a bit. Um. <laughs> One well, probably some of our other films we've done. Um, now let's do the server lining. The one positive you can take away from this film. So, what did you pick? At the end of the day, we've got Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, and they've never done me dirty. They've never turned in bad performances as Batman and the Joker. And this is just you know another chance of getting to see them together. And at least we had that. That's that's a good one. You think like that would be tainted if you heard Kevin Conroy making make Batman moan during the sex scene? One hundred percent, yes. You think he did, and then DC went whoa, 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 whoa. If him and Tara Strong did like an ASMR version of this, then yeah, I I would I would have told you I'm not doing this movie. Pick something else. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't know why. I just can't just Tara Strong's back going voice looking deep in Bruce Wayne's eye going, fuck me, daddy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear moaning. I don't want to hear juicy sounds. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> this, this did not happen. You want me to go down on you, Barbara? Oh, my God. Well, actually, wasn't there a whole remember that? Remember the controversy where like. DC tweeted like Batman does not go down 
Oh yeah, so yeah, with Holly Quinn, they were going to have a scene where Catwoman and Batman, uh, Batman would have gone down on Catwoman, and DC all of a sudden got prudish and went, "No, he doesn't do that." Like, I refuse. All right, Batman's a lot of things. I refuse to believe that he's a selfish lover. Oh yeah, what, what and what I love is that the fan base roasted the shit out of DC on that one. They were like, "Are you so you're telling us that he doesn't do that?" I love that they got flooded with fan art of Batman just going to town. I'm talking like aggressively, like life changing. Yeah. Like Batman knows what he's doing. He reciprocates and he's damn good at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love those fans were like, I love how in this case, because of the context, fans went, whoa, no. But in that one, we're like, well, yeah, it's Catwoman. Like that makes sense. Like, yeah. no, he would do that. Guys. No nuts. Enjoy it. Have a great night, you two. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love how the fans get in. DC is like, okay, so Batgirl and Batman, that's fine, even though they are like father daughter. And then someone's like, hey, what about Catwoman? How? Whoa. No. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have a movie where Superman fucks Supergirl either. But if he wants to take Lois Lane around the world, have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Context matters. And you know what's the most important about both these scenarios? Incest is not evolved, so my platform still stands. There you go. Watch something else. Let's see. <laughs> Leger 2024. That's my platform. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. My, mine's pretty much on the same page. Like, I, I pretty much was like, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, pretty much when this film starts to adapt the killing joke and finally becomes fairly engaging again, it's an uphill battle because you're like checked out, but uh, the adaptation part is very good. And yes, it does help 10 times more having like the two most iconic voice actors for these characters attached doing it. Yeah, I agree. We need them at this point. At that point, like we need them to keep us invested. Like if it's anybody else, I probably would turn this off. Yeah, yeah. I if our if our Batman is George Clooney and our Joker is Jared Leto, there would have been riots. <laughs> we would have burned DC Studios to the ground. Yeah, all I have is like Jared Leto's Joker's going hubba hubba. Or whatever the fuck else weird noises came out of his mouth. I fucking hate his Joker so much. Um <laughs> I also hate his movies. Just stay the fuck away. Comic book movies, Jarlow. Just stay away. This is why Superman works alone. <laughs> oh, chicks dig the car. Okay. God damn it. Stop it. I'm good. <laughs> uh, all right. Unless you got anything else to add, we are good to find out what's in the box. Uh, yeah, this is pretty reviled. There's not a lot of uh, love here. 2.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Not great. I myself rated it 2.5 stars. You can read my review there if you want to. Actually, literally the same thing I gave. It was 2.5. Yep, this is a 2.5 stars kind of movie. Uh, I have five reviews here that I hope will make you laugh. Starting with one from... Amanda the Jedi. Who the hell thought the stuff with Barbara was a good idea? 
you guys literally had everything you needed to do this right, and some weirdo perv got a hold of it. Two stars. That's kind of what we've been talking about. Yeah, they had it all right here. Hey, yeah, yeah, pretty on point. I like it. Somebody muttered "bat ass" next to a perv who had power, and that's what we got. So, hear me out. I know we've had bat nipples and bat cock pieces. It's called, now, it's called a cod piece. Oh, I know what it's called. I just like saying I like that of cock piece better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Have we done?" Badass though inside Barbara, and then someone went. That's a good idea. I hope it was the big spider guy who's like, "Now hear me out. I want to see them make love. It makes sense. Don't think about it too much. It just makes sense. And I'm the money, so do it." I would love if someone was like, "Wait, but they're like father daughter, okay?" And Pornhub, good point. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like you've never fucked a teacher? Go home. Um, this next one's from wood it's wood i like that okay the only joke here is how laughably bad the script is however it's still the best batman movie to come out in 2016 two stars he's right i'll watch this before (laughs) i'll watch that other travesty yeah because the other travesty is almost three hours long this is an hour and 16 minutes there you go uh this next one's from landon williams it takes effort to get something this wrong one star yeah Yeah, like i was saying it's like someone they sat there and went how can we make this suck uh next we've got aubrey paris franz are you kidding two stars yeah way to way to put some thought into that character name or people whoever you were Oh, God. So he did it. No thought. Nope. And this last one just made me sad. This is from Tyler Tompkins. Eh. First animated Batman movie I've ever seen. Wasn't anything special. Two stars. Oh, damn. This was your introduction. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I swear to God, they are literally all better. This is the worst one you could have started with. What if I love that of a scenario where there's actually like a couple of these bad ones, and for some reason this guy just keeps picking the bad ones every time. He's like, okay, I'll give this one a chance. He doesn't like the animated movies because he watched The Killing Joke. He hates the Marvel Cinematic Universe because he watched Eternals. (laughs) Like you got where you start's important. (laughs) Okay, you know what? DC's live action. I'll try that for Christ's sakes. Uh, Suicide Squad? I like Suicide Squad. Let's watch the first one. God, he's just got the, whatever the opposite of luck of the draw is. He's just sitting there and he's like, how is it people like this though? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that would suck. That'd be the worst. Uh, I hope you give these another chance. <laughs> yeah, I, pr- I I promise I am not as well versed in the animated part. I have seen a couple of them, but other than this one, everything else I've watched has been fantastic. So please, Mister Letterbox user, don't let this be the uh, be the beginning and end of your journey. <laughs> Try again, Mister Letterbox. 
Oh, this was fun. I was not expecting this one to be as uh, as entertaining as it ended up being. <laughs> so, but with that, we gotta we gotta end it. Uh, before I reveal what next week's episode is on, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on our Filmgasm Productions. If you want to share us a recommendation, feel free to email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate and support us in that way, you can find us on Anchor. And then finally, feel free to get on our site, filmgasm.com, for trailers, articles, and all of our episodes. Also visit our respective letterboxes if you want to see what we're saying on movies uh, of all kinds, new, old, and just anything in between. So, with that, next week, we'll be taking a look at... Oh, boy. We'll be taking a look at the Colossal Misfire mockumentary. I'm still here. Ooh, boy. Ambitious. That's that's one way to say it. Y'all remember when Joaquin Phoenix seemed to have lost his mind and announced to the world that he was quitting acting to become a rapper? And everyone was like, are you fucking stupid? And he basically was like, yeah, come at me, bro. And this is the result of that. So was it a good idea? No. And we're going to find out why. Yep, this was also the same time we did the very awkward, infamous David Letterman interview. <laughs> I remember when this was happening, and like um, my my family, who obviously my mom was, very, was familiar with the fact that you know River Phoenix, she knew all about all that stuff. I remember she was watching this stuff, going like, "What happened? Like he he seemed to have his head on just better." Like I'm going somewhere, going, "What happened to the guy from Gladiator? Jesus Christ!" <laughs> I remember I watched that interview, the Letterman interview in real time. I was, I was watching the late show and then that came on and I'm like, wow, he fucking Phoenix is having a rough go of it. What happened? And then he was just a completely abrasive asshole in Letterman. I remember, well, I'll, I'll save it for next week, but it's yeah, all of that. I, I watched it unfold and I remember thinking this can't be real. Yeah. Luckily, I'm still it wasn't. not sure. That's the weird thing. I'm still not sure. <laughs> God, who knows? But yeah, it should be a fun episode talking about that. Um, obviously, for those who don't know, Casey, uh, not Casey Anthony, Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ. I listened to a time suck our fucking last podcast. I talked about that recently. Oh, Ooh, you see, <laughs> that's why I said that. It was time suck. Time suck talked about. I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, so Dan Cummins talked about it recently, and it's that's why I said that. Oops. Casey Affleck. There we go. I was about to do it again. Oh, whatever. Yeah, you you keep rocking on, George Lopez. <laughs> but Casey Affleck is attached attached to this, and um, you know that should be interesting. With obviously his his Oscar stuff, and um, her, you know, more than many to have some pretty heinous fucking allegations attached to him. So, should be quite quite an episode. Not it's not about Casey Anthony. I swear to God. My God. <laughs> God damn it! On filmgasm, we'll be taking a look at an incredibly understated and effective little horror film. Uh, one that I watched recently, thanks to Joe Bob Breaks on his recent season of The Last Drive-In. Um, next of Ken.
uh, be prepared for those who haven't seen it for a slow burn, but very effective little film. Um, and on Oscar Sunday, they'll be taking look, taking a look at a Western classic with good old Josh on his Oscar Sunday premiere, uh, a little film called Broken Lance. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be a good week. Good week of new stuff and uh, interesting conversation. Yeah, should be good. Um, until then, when adapting a, an acclaimed graphic novel, an already debated take on his female character, maybe, just maybe, do a better job with her in the animated film adaptation, not worse. See you next week on Beyond the Bad. Thank you.